Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Hello friends. Welcome to another Frontline Story brought to you this time from the remote mountains on the island of Palawan, Philippines. Our missionaries Seth and Sonia Miller are conducting medical outreach among the Palawana people. They are able to assist in healing and save lives, but this is not always the case, as some local folk are simply unable to get medical help in time. Our first of two stories is told by Sonia. She calls this story Niti. Hello, my name is Sonia Miller, and my husband Seth and I are missionaries on the Palawan Project in the Philippines. My husband is a RN. Um, he is not working in the hospital in the Lillians, but our, what our job is just to, to work with the patients there. So we take the patients to the hospital, but my husband, we're not actually, quote, employees, but our job is to make sure that the patients get care that they get the medicine they need, they get the testing that they need, they get food and water, is, is one of our biggest uh, responsibilities there. And the story I would like to tell you today is about a girl, um, not sure how old she is, um, is there, they don't really have birth certificates or or anything much like that so but we'll call her Niti so one of our jobs there is to work in the hospital in the lowlands is one of our one of our big jobs there and we assist patients who come down the mountain for for help so one day Niti it was probably about midnight and she was in the mountains and she was eight months pregnant at the time. And so one of our student missionaries up there, Casey, was on call at the hospital or in the clinic up there. And so she, um, when it was going into labor, um, and she was bleeding and bleeding really profusely. And so they were really worried. And um, so Casey had to stabilize her. And so they needed to bring her down to the, the hospital down in the lowlands where we are. And so they got about eight people to help. She had to come down on a stretcher. As they were walking her down the mountain, uh, she after they got her stabilized, um, she was bleeding very, very profusely and they were worried that she would lose the baby as well as, as die herself. And so they were praying all the way down and so they finally got her down the mountain at about four in the morning. And so they took her right away to the hospital but I think the first hospital they took her to, they transferred her because there wasn't a OB. 
so they took her to the next hospital but unfortunately um, they didn't really want to help her a lot because she was a she's a native up there so they had to wait five hours they were waiting five hours just to see the doctor and the whole time this poor girl is just basically bleeding to death so finally at like I don't know it must have been nine in the morning or so they finally um, started a blood transfusion and they did an ultrasound about probably about 10 and then they found unfortunately that the baby didn't make it that they had lost the baby about noon Praise the Lord, she finally had the, the cesarean where they were able to stop her bleeding. And she almost died herself. And they tested her hemoglobin and it was only like 4.7. 12.0 is the normal. And so she was very, very weak. It was just really sad. We were just waiting in the hallway, and I, I think the, the father didn't understand that they had lost the baby, because they were still hopeful. Then they, they finally, they brought out the baby to us, and it, and it was dead. They gave it, they handed it to the father. It was a little boy and he was solid blue and it was just like the saddest thing i'd ever seen in my life so we all sat there and cried and um the father held the baby for a couple of hours in a little blanket and the whole time the mother was still in the recovery room so she hadn't seen the baby And so finally when um, when she came out, we asked for a private room so she could, before they took the baby to bury it, so she could see her son. And so they did, they actually um, found the chapel because all the rooms there are, there's like 10 patients or something per room, so it's so crowded. So. So they said she could go in the chapel, so we went in the chapel and and she held the baby and we were just all crying and it was yeah, it was just one of the hardest things I've I've ever I've ever experienced in the saddest. So the mother she she said goodbye to her baby. Um, they took the baby and buried it and so so she was still basically fighting for her her own life so they had to give her five pints of blood five different transfusions and praise the Lord God worked a miracle and her her hemoglobin went um, way way up and she she's currently nicely recovering um, at the farm they're not too far from our house in the lowlands until she the surgery heals up well enough for her to go up to the mountains to her house where she lives and it was just an amazing experience um 
you know, we, we cared for her and her um, husband, and there was two other watchers. We um, continuously came, and we brought them food the whole time. They were in the hospital, and they spoke Tagalog, so we were able to communicate a little bit because mostly the, the Palauans only speak Palawan, but they did speak some Tagalog, and we speak some Tagalog. So some of the Palauans we we can't communicate with because we don't know Palawan yet, but um, we're trying to work on now. Yeah, so we were just, we were really blessed to be able to help this wonderful family that I don't think are Christian. I, yeah, I don't think they're church members. I, I think that they are um, animist. And it's just the best feeling in the world to, even though there's these hard times, knowing that God is with you there and knowing that you're making a difference in these people's lives is just, it's just the best feeling in the world. It's just, and we're so blessed that God has called us to help these people. Please keep the Millers and the Animus Palawan people in your prayers. Pray that the light of the gospel will reach them and that they too will someday stand on the sea of glass. Our second vignette is narrated by Seth. He calls it Nyla's Story. Hello, my name is Seth Miller. I am so thankful to be working now on the Palawan Project in the Philippines. We've only been there a little over a month. Uh, but God has given us amazing experiences. Our goal is to reach the native Palawan people for Christ. They live very primitive lives deep in the jungle. And um, a couple of the ways God has given us to reach the people, caring for their needs first, like Jesus did, through a clinic that's run up in the mountain homes where they live, where the natives live, and also through some schools. Um, well, I'm a nurse prior to coming as a missionary, so my job is to help with the health care of, of the patients. So there was one sick little girl that was brought to the clinic, and uh, we got the call that she needed help. She needed to come down to the hospital in the lowlands. Is she still alive? I thought as my steps neared the ward where she was staying. Though as a nurse I have seen many people with severe anemia, perhaps no one was as pale as this little girl. Four years old and weighing less than 30 pounds, she came to us in the arms of her father. The first hospital we went to did not have laboratory or transfusion services readily available. Very thankfully, the second hospital did. They found her hemoglobin to be 3.7 and ordered a blood transfusion. They found that she had severe malaria, malaria falciparum. Why aren't they giving her malaria medicine, I wondered. The second nurse I talked to agreed to call the doctor for me now about 10 p.m. The doctor had not ordered malaria medication to be given now because she thought the patient would not be able to tolerate it. Because um, she wasn't eating well, the doctor thought. But because I had been with the patient for the last five hours, I was able to tell the doctor that she had eaten something. 
The doctor ordered the malaria medicine to be given then. Though we could not speak much to the patient and her parents, we could show them we cared by bringing them food. But little Nyla had an aunt by marriage that came to visit her and she spoke some English. The aunt, who was originally from Manila, is a Christian. She invited us to their little native village in Palawan. I think there are few, if any, other Christians in this village besides the aunt. I pray one day we can visit little Nyla's village and tell them of Jesus and his love. So I was really praying earnestly for this little girl. She was so sick and near death because the family are native, you know, their animist is their religion where they fear and worship the spirits and um, witch doctors. So we're thinking she was going to the witch doctor and they, her parents weren't just doing nothing for her, but they were they're doing their native religion, but they um, got desperate and came to the clinic for help. And so I really wanted this little girl to live so they would they would associate their help at the clinic and at the hospital that we were giving her as, as coming from God. So I was really praying that she would uh, recover and live. And praise the Lord, she did just that. She received the blood uh, transfusion and responded very well and was discharged from the hospital in only three days. Thank you so much for your prayers and support. God is using you, our friends and family back in America, to make a difference in the lives of the native Palawano. During a stressful moment that night, before Nyla received treatment, God brought you to mind. I knew you wanted me to do all I could to help this little girl get the help she needed to save her life, and I was cheered on by the thought. I'm so thankful that God used us to help that little girl receive life-saving treatment. Thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless.